I don't think there's ever been two people who are more excited to talk about regret. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. (laughs) Uh, Hello, friends, and welcome to Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people talk about imperfect, have imperfect conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Imperfectly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm Christina, one of your imperfect co-hosts. And I am the other imperfect co-host, Lauren. And today we're talking about regret. We're so excited. (laughs) Yeah, um, we have a lot of regrets in case you didn't gather that about us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, but first, Lauren, how are you doing today? Well, I... I'm trying to stop my dog from eating my cat's poop. Yes, um, she she texted me like five minutes before and she was like, I'm going to be a little late because the little punks are acting up again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm trying to stop my cat from um, tearing apart everything, including napkins that I don't know where he got or paper towels. <laughs> Because I just found this torn up paper towel and I looked at it and I was like, but there's this weird pattern on it. My paper towels I have right now are white. Maybe he has this secret life where he goes out (laughs) in the middle of the night and like finds other people's paper towels and brings them back just to fuck with you. Or maybe he just like stored some from my last roll somewhere so you just pull them out at a random time and be like, look at this, I destroyed it. I also thought you were going to say, I'm trying to stop my cat from pooping. Because you were telling well, me how Pico's eating your cat's poop, and so I was like, oh, I'm just trying to get my cat to stop pooping. It would solve the other problem. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not something that we can do. So there's there's the exciting, trivial stuff, and oh, also I spent the weekend in the psych ward, but that's going to come up later. Yeah, so um, Lauren sent me a voice message a few days ago with this idea. Well, I almost wanted to play your voice message because you said it so perfectly, but I'm not going to do that. Um, okay. <laughs> But do you want to just summarize it real quick? Real quick, because like I said, we'll get to the the nitty gritty later and this will get you excited to hear another episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically uh, last Saturday I just had a really rough night and was trying to find someone to keep me company and was not finding that and I think made some statement that I didn't necessarily mean, probably kind of out of desperation, but it didn't come off too well. So the friend I was talking to... um, called the cops on me and yeah Jesus yeah well I'm glad you're here I was really like worried when I heard it and I'm you know I'm still worried in a normal friend capacity um right (laughs) but yeah we are going to be not talking too much about that on this episode but we're going to sit down and record a bonus episode after this (laughs) I'm like trying to sound (laughs) excited but it's not it's not a good thing. No, but basically it was like the day or so after I got out, I was thinking about it. And in addition to just kind of talking about the experience, I felt like some things related to that just need to be said. Yeah. In your voicemail, you said it's really important to be transparent on here since this is a mental health podcast and you need to know how we're doing, good or bad. Like we're not going to hide anything. That's why I don't let my parents know what I'm doing. Oh yeah. That's like... Life 101, don't tell your parents anything. <laughs> they, they don't get a, They don't get a link to this podcast. <laughs> See, my mom does listen to this podcast, and sometimes I wish she didn't. That's a lie. But she makes a great guest. Yeah, she does. Uh, hi, mm-hmm. mom, also. I apologize in advance for everything we're going to talk about today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, today we are talking about regret. Right off the bat, um, we have a lot to say about this topic, 
And I think it's important to talk about what regret is and what it isn't. I want to just start off by reading a journal entry that I wrote last year. Oh, good. Uh, So I am a very depressed person. Hot take. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I (laughs) I tend to romanticize things that have happened to me in the past, good and bad. The feeling of like wistfulness or nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Nostalgia is what I crave, but it ends up being not good sometimes. So I'm just going to read this real quick and then we can get Mm -hmm. into some of the technical terms because this is a topic I could talk about all day. Uh, Okay, (laughs) so this is from Tuesday, uh, December 28th, 2021. So last year, uh, I had just moved to Virginia about five months before writing this and I was kind of still finding my way. Like I was still kind of questioning my decision to move in the first place and like all of the crazy shit that had led me up to that point. And I was just reflecting on my feelings. Okay. I crave the thirsty feeling some might call wistfulness. That feeling you get when a sad song you used to listen to during a rough time in your life comes on or the feeling you get when you think of a friendship that you lost through your own actions. When I was a kid, I was confused by how much I enjoyed this feeling. After all, wasn't pain bad? Even then, I recognized that it was pain of a sort, but it also felt like a high, even though I couldn't have identified it as such at the time. This thirsty feeling, that's what I used to call it when I was a kid, like the feeling of like nostalgia. Um, The thirsty feeling helped me time travel. It whisked me back to nostalgia-soaked moments where I was a different person, a happier person. But it also beckoned to me from the future, promising emotions I hadn't ever felt, like falling in love, or at least the idea of it. I wonder if this is what daydreaming was like for everyone. Sometimes I'd feel such a strong sense of yearning that my chest would literally start hurting. I still feel this often, but now it is usually under the influence. What am I yearning for, and why does it hurt so much? Is bliss that far out of reach that its absence awakens symptoms akin to a heart attack? And that's it. Um, so I, when I read this, I was like, okay, like, am I writing about actual regret or am I writing about something that never happened? And so I actually looked up the definitions of regret versus nostalgia versus wistfulness. Mm -hmm. So regret, according to Google is feeling sad, repentant, or disappointed over something that has happened or been done, especially a loss or missed opportunity. Okay. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Nostalgia is defined as a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. So like a good thing, a good Mm -hmm. kind of longing. Um, And then wistfulness is defined as being full of yearning or desire tinged with melancholy, Mm. um, musingly sad or pensive. So wistful sounds like the very romanticized version of the two. Yeah. Combined. Yeah. (laughs) So when I read that, I think what I was writing about in that journal entry Mm -hmm. was actually wistfulness. Mm -hmm. But with that said, I do regret a lot of things. Yeah. The wistful one feels like a tricky one for me. The other two, I can like immediately think of examples like, oh, I would call this regret, this nostalgia. Exactly. And I think sometimes they get so muddied together in my brain that I can't really tell them apart. But on this episode, we're going to be talking specifically about regret. So like feeling sad or repentant or disappointed over something we've done or something we haven't done. Mm -hmm. What's your relationship with regret? 
I feel like I have two major ones that come up all the time. One of them, I can't say that it's anything that I can point to that I missed doing because I don't know what I would have done different. But I just know a lot of times as a 42-year-old woman who has been single much of her life and is now just currently living with her, I mean, albeit amazing dog and cat, but (laughs) but still, like a lot of my friends, you know, have been married for like 15 years at this point. Some of them are having kids, which I don't necessarily want, but even if I did, I don't feel like I would have been able to with how my life went. And some of them have bought houses and I just, yeah, feel like, what have I done that has not made this happen for me? That's a big one. Um, at our age, especially, because, you know, like you said, you're 42, I'm 30, but I also find myself at that age where people are getting married and having kids yeah. and buying houses and stuff. I mean, f- whatever age you are, there's always going to be people that you see as one step ahead of you. Yeah, and definitely, I, I think you're, you're totally valid because I would say it was around 30 when I started to particularly feel like, why is everyone getting married and I can't even hold a relationship for more than a month? Oh, relationships are one category that I definitely feel a lot of regret <laughs> in. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably devote a whole section of this episode just to that. Fair. <laughs> but yeah, I just think, well, okay, we should read the pickle poll that inspired this whole episode. Yes. So, um... The pickle polls are questions we put out every other week that people can answer, and it starts a conversation about mental health, and it's really fun. So the most recent pickle poll was, how do you deal with regret in your life? And also, if you could do one single moment over, what would you choose? Uh, It was a really hard question to answer because people don't really want to look at their regrets, at least for me. Like... I am where I am now for a reason. Like, I don't necessarily want to go back and do things differently because honestly, that just sounds like a lot of work. And Mm -hmm. who knows? There might be things that worked out the way they did that have led to the good things in my life. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my personal stance on regret is that for me, it has been kind of a waste of energy And it only leads to Mm -hmm. a really dark place when I think about it too hard. And so in the past, even on this podcast, I've been known to say, I don't believe in regrets. Um, (laughs) The only regret I would have is making the same mistake twice, which is ironic because I've done that many, many times. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, I don't know. What What are your thoughts on the role of regret in your life? First of all, I don't think I realized this when I was, uh, fashioning the question, you know, first I thought of it. And then the second part, I thought of myself, like, what would you do over? And I feel like in the past I would have so many answers for that. And this time I kept thinking of it and thinking of like normal things that I kind of wish hadn't happened. And I was like, would I do that moment over? And it's like, but no, cause maybe this wouldn't have happened and maybe I wouldn't have learned this. And it just felt like everything I could think of, I was like, I wouldn't do it over. Yeah. You just never know. You never know. (laughs) And that's why ultimately I think that regret can be, um, I want to say a waste, but also like sometimes pondering things can be helpful, like self-improvement. But uh, it's also a slippery, slippery slope. Yes. (laughs) 
We got one voicemail for this. It's really Yay. long. It's from Alyssa, who left us a voicemail last time. She, she leaves us voicemails all the time. That's fine, because they're great. Yeah. yeah, we love you, Alyssa. But we got <laughs> one from her, and I wanted to break it up into two. Uh, we're going to play the first half, and then we're going to take a break to talk about it. And then we're going to play the second half, because she answers two different questions. Right. I see Alyssa's voicemail. Okay. Yay. Okay, so I'm ready. Three, two, one, click, okay? Yeah. Three, two, one, click. I am so used to regret, um, let me tell you. Like, I've gotten very good at coping with regret because uh, a lot of my childhood, a lot of my, you know, teenage years, a lot of my formative years were spent kind of dedicated to my mom and her crap and uh, I ended up delaying college I ended up not going to the college I wanted to even though I was accepted Uh, I ended up not going to school for the thing I wanted to go to school for because it was just it it was too far away and she just she was one of those people who was like I'll burn in hell before I let you leave me kind of people so uh, and no she was not kidding (laughs) she she was gonna take us both out (laughs) But I think the biggest thing that I do is I kind of allow myself to go through the stages of grief. You know, I let myself mourn what could have been and what isn't and what isn't right now. And just kind of remind myself that I can always give myself more opportunities later when I have the means. You know what I mean? So that's my biggest factor. But I I let myself grieve. I go through all the stages of grief, you know, until I hit acceptance or I do the whole thing over again before I hit acceptance. And eventually, sorry, Mookie's on my head, but um, eventually I, 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 I get to acceptance. But allowing yourself time to grieve the, the things that you may have done in your past or allowing yourself to uh, grieve what didn't happen and you regret not going to school or you regret not doing like finishing your degree or you regret not staying with that person or you regret spending too much time on one person. I know that was a big thing for me for a long time. It's just all about the stages of grief, you know, and and just kind of letting yourself mourn it. But also uh, another thing is if you're regretting something you did to somebody else, it's never too late to apologize. I mean, there were, I was a shitty kid, if I'm being honest. I was, I wasn't, I was lashing out at everybody and I was very naive, and I did and said things in my past that I wasn't proud of, and um, it took me a long time to grow up, but when I got the opportunity, I went back and I apologized. Social media is really good at, at, at helping you find people that you may have, you know, wronged in the past and you needed to, to make amends with. Uh, I'm very fortunate in that uh, the people who I apologize to always kind of accepted with open arms and maybe we're not friends now but it was something that gave us both the closure that we needed so that's another thing is there's no there are some wrongs you can never write but there are some wrongs you can write and and i recommend doing it it is a weight off of everyone's shoulders yeah (laughs) what do you think about that um wow i was taking notes on the voicemail even i there's that's just the first half. I know. The stuff about grieving, that was big to yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, the part about, you know, not going to school for what she wanted and like being regretful that she didn't 
mm-hmm. that she was that like it... trying to do what her mom wanted instead mm-hmm. of what she wanted. Also, mm-hmm. how can you? It's sometimes hard to know what you want when you're young. Let's just talk about yeah. that first. Like a lot of people regret stuff that they did or didn't do when they were young. But when you're young, how are you supposed to know? Because that, that was the first thing that hit me when she said that, is I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, to this day, I think my major was a mess, and I definitely had ideas of what I would love to major on when I went to college, and I did not pick them because my parents would think that they were, like, frivolous and fluffy and not going to get me a job, so I did what my parents wanted, which didn't work out, clearly. Can you tell the <laughs> listeners what you wanted to do and, like, what you ended up getting your degree for? Basically, we've talked about some of the stuff that I've always been really good at music and it just it seemed the most logical because I knew I would be good at classes like that. <laughs> so and I would enjoy it because I enjoyed playing piano and I did not want to go to be a teacher of some sort. If I was doing music, I wanted to play. Yeah. And what, what are you going to do with that? I and, mean, how many parents' kids tell them they want to do something like music or art or whatever? Right, and they're, right. They're worried about them. Like, my parents were kind of like that, too. I mean, not in terms of the major, but they wanted me to go to school, period, because they were worried about my future. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was a senior in high school, I was in the psych ward. So, like, okay. I almost didn't graduate. Mm-hmm. And so... I ended up going to the first school that accepted me, which was the school where my dad went, this Christian school in Oklahoma. You know, I, it, was, it was a terrible decision because it put me in a lot of debt and mm-hmm. it ended up being really toxic for my spirituality. Yeah. And I ultimately dropped out two years later. Okay. But I don't regret it because my life turned out the way it has in many ways because of that place. But I do think about it a lot. Like, what would have happened if I had taken a gap year, for instance? Just like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have sent myself to college if I had been my, you know, like, I was really mentally unwell and I had barely any experience in the world. And I just should have, like, taken some time to figure some stuff out first. But that's not really an option that people get when they're young, necessarily. No, because, I mean... For me, I always felt looking back, I don't think that I was not ready to go to college, but I really wish that I had gone, you know, the first year for sure, maybe even the first two years, just not knowing what I wanted to do, not picking a major, just seeing what was out there and picking from that. But I felt like I had to have a major and... Uh, spoiler alert, my parents seem to think that the only thing that you can do to be sure you'll have a job and make money is teach. Yes, they convinced me to go my freshman year declaring secondary education. And not only did I not want to do it, but, you know, after a year or so of doing that, I was like, wait a minute, I don't like children. Why am I going into education? Yeah, there's not a lot of choices that you hear about when you're that age. Like now that I'm 30, I know that there's a lot of careers out there that are suited for me, but no one tells you about them. And so I, I want to add an interesting thing about my college experience then is once I decided that, because I'd been artistic and again, using your art to get a job, then, <laughs> then I did consider... Um, architecture. And so, so I actually changed my major to that planning to go through their pre-architecture classes at the school I was at. They didn't have like a real program and then transfer to another school. I transferred to that other school the next year. I realized within the second class I took that 
I was behind. This did not make sense to me. This was not me. I was not going to enjoy being forced into this. And so I went to a whole different school for three days and then had to come back home and figure out my life for the rest of that semester until I went back. Oh, wow. So I was like, all that could have been avoided if I had just not been forced into this box. But I'm still proud of you for like trying out something new. A lot of people don't even get to that point. Yeah. And I mean, I'm definitely glad I didn't force it any longer because then I majored in creative writing, which, you know, another- Oh my God, same. Awesome. Dude, I started off as a psych major because you know I had been Mm -hmm. in treatment and I was like I know everything I want to help people (laughs) and then I was like this is too much science I don't want this so then I changed to creative (laughs) writing and then I realized I couldn't really make any money from that (laughs) and so then I switched to multimedia production which I was studying when I dropped out and then ultimately I got my degree in graphic information technology which is just a very vague way of it's vaguely artistic And it has marketing in it. So like, I don't know. I don't regret my ultimate major. I think the path that led me there, everything that I didn't stick with taught me more about what I ultimately wanted to do. Yeah, the creative writing major, everything that led up to that, I think needed to happen again, because then I did choose that and I loved it. And basically I was bouncing around so much trying to force myself into what everyone else wanted. I don't even know if I could have like managed to graduate, but Mm. with that, it was something I enjoyed. It was something that I picked, you know, and I could tell my parents like, I know there's no guaranteed job about this, but look at how your attempts have turned out. So I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, yeah, then at least at the very least, it's not needed. I don't want to tell anyone like you have to do this in your life. You know, you have to go through and get a college degree. Sometimes I regret getting a college degree at all. Like I wish I'd gotten like a skill or something. Yeah, but but there is a difference when you're looking at certain jobs. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm working as an accountant for an insurance firm, but it's saying, like, I managed to complete a degree. Yeah. So the fact, yeah, that 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 made me able to, I feel like I made the right choice. Definitely. I've had a few younger listeners ask me um, in the past how I feel about how I felt about going to college because I I graduated at 27. Like, I was a little Mm -hmm. later than everyone else. And... I've had people ask me, like, why did you pick what you did? Do you regret it? Like, all this stuff. And ultimately, like, that's your decision. And it doesn't matter as much as you think it will. Unless, of course, you're going into a very specific trade. Yeah. A story that I tell often if people are feeling behind as far as, like, school and starting a professional career and things like that is that my mom out of high school went to college for two years and you know then she dropped out she never went back until she was an adult she decided she was going to she started taking some classes and she took a lot of classes towards the end because she really wanted to wrap it up quickly and i went to her college graduation oh my god that's so cute she graduated in the middle of december probably about two weeks before she turned 50 years old i love that Mm-hmm. Go your mom. <laughs> exactly. Stories like that make me so encouraged. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I do feel like I have made all the wrong decisions and it's never... Decisions? What did I just say? I feel like, you know, I do have a lot of regrets and I'm never going to be able to bounce back from them. But we're so fucking young. Like, it really is never too late. And that's what Alyssa was saying, too, in her voicemail. Like, there will always mm-hmm. be more opportunities and you can also create more opportunities for yourself like it doesn't have to be the end of the road totally so what she said about uh grieving 
Yes. No regrets. Let's get to that. Let's get to that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts when you heard that? Well, it brought up a specific memory. So right when I graduated from college, I would say all through my mid ish 20s then I had a boyfriend for about five years um I mean I think the beginning was a lot better than how it ended up but in the last few years living with him I could see looking back that he was quite emotionally abusive Mm. um I don't think I ever realized it because he was never going to be physically abusive he might yell at me but he was not going to throw anything or do anything that might hurt me i would never think that i would get hurt with him um physically at least yeah exactly but yeah he he did tell me things you know like if i would want i felt like moving out of midland michigan might help me find a better job because (laughs) living in a larger city than like five thousand people can sometimes (laughs) help he would just tell me things that's like, you're not going to be any different just because you move somewhere. You know, that's not going to Oh my you. God, that opens up a whole Pandora's box of regret for me. Yeah. And also, um, by the end of the relationship, I had no outside friends because I found out later when after we broke up, they'd pretty much just given up. They were just like, we don't like who you became with him and we keep trying and it's just not helping. So <sighs> we just... Yeah, we got to remove ourselves, and on top of that, he rarely wanted to invite me to when he was doing things with his friends, because he started saying that his friends were uncomfortable around me and didn't really like me, and that's why he wasn't getting to do as much with them, because they thought I might be there. Oh, yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Do you regret entering into that relationship? Like, what do you regret most when you think about that time? Yeah, that's the thing is I think, and this probably took me a good year to go through because the breakup came out of nowhere. He just flat out broke up with me. His reasonings were um, basically because I was too crazy because his friends didn't like me and because his parents thought it was a bad idea. Hmm. By the way, he was very much a little mama's boy. (laughs) So that last one makes a ton of sense. I am not surprised. I I was with someone like that too. (laughs) It's just like when you're young, you don't know necessarily what a good relationship is supposed to look like. Like I had no dating experience before college. And so I just like started a relationship with the first person Mm -hmm. that I had a crush on. And it lasted four years. But like it was just like what you were saying. It was not a good match. He made me feel shitty about myself. We had very different lives. And but I tried to fit myself into his life because I was so desperate to have that. And it just (laughs) it doesn't lead anywhere good. And I was the same. I had had one kind of serious relationship that lasted a, a few months before him. But yeah, what I felt like is probably like the whole year or so after what I had to go through is first, yeah, just hella devastated. I, I had wanted, like I was the one that I feel like kind of forced the relationship in the first place. Yeah, I, same. I met him. I liked him a lot. And, you know, I went out there and did everything I could to get us together. And look, I did. And yeah, so first devastated and thinking that like, this is my only connection in life. Yeah. Especially I think when my friends started to pop up again and be like, oh my gosh, you know, thank God you're, you're back. (laughs) (sighs) They, I imagine probably helped me see like how toxic it was. And that was actually, if we're saying I went from like a low point to a good point to a kind of medium low point about it, because that was the high point. Cause I realized like, oh my gosh, yes, I've been 
so sad about this ending, but actually you were shit and I got away from you. But then it was like right on the heels of that was like, I spent five years with well, you. Yeah, you still have to grieve it. Like Alyssa <laughs> yes. was saying, like you have to go through the grieving process. Mm-hmm. What did that look like for you? Because that's a long time to be with someone. Like even if they treat you like shit, that's your life right there. Yeah, I feel like I don't know what it looked like necessarily just as much as realizing at some point I'd kind of come to acceptance. Yeah, Alyssa used that word a lot too. And sometimes you do have to cycle through that several times before you arrive at that point. If you do, you know, it can take years. I think when I first remembered it, because, you know, obviously I spent five years with him. We did get along. I just, in particular, I remember um, when it first came out watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. And, you know, after like a few episodes in, I just was thinking like, oh, my gosh, that's so his sense of humor. You know, I, I wish that I could tell him like, hey, check out this show. You'll really enjoy it. And I was just like, but I don't get to do that because we're never going to talk again. Yeah. It, you know, it, it ended really badly. And I think to this day, possibly he could only see me as like the really upset person that was like desperately trying to get him to take me back. And I was just like, I don't I don't want you to see me like that because that's. I always long. wonder if people regret <laughs> being with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I do regret devoting so much energy into these poor relationships. I regret not spending energy on the relationships that really mattered and my relationship with myself. Like when I got coffee this morning, I brought some of my old journals in preparation for this episode and I was like reading through them and there was a theme that I noticed a lot, which is that I always get back to this place of Mm -hmm. miscontentness. I don't know if that's a word, but whatever, I just (laughs) said it. I always come back to this place of just wishing I'd done stuff differently And I'm being aware that I'm repeating history, but being Mm -hmm. unable to do anything about it. And that's the worst feeling when you know that you're going to regret something, but you do it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't we take like a two minute break for me to go use the bathroom and then we can play the rest of Alyssa's voicemail because she goes, she talks about a lot of the stuff that you just talked about. Yeah. And my mouth is so dry. I got to get something to drink. (laughs) Okay. See you in a couple minutes. Okay, we're back. I know that I said we were going to play the rest of her voicemail when we started again, but first I want to touch on something else she said, which was writing wrongs with people that you might have hurt or like reaching out to people who you might have wronged in the past. And that really struck a chord with me. Oh, good, because I loved that she said that, but I was just kind of like a really quiet nothing kid, so I didn't have anything to contribute, so go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so... um. I haven't talked about it a ton on the podcast, but there was a friend that I met in a, an online chat room when I was 12. Mm-hmm. I knew her for, like, we were basically best friends without ever having met. We, Happens. yeah, we like talked <laughs> every day. We would write Lord of the Rings fan fiction <gasps> together. <laughs> that was our thing. It was actually a Lord of the Rings chat board that we met on. I, I have a, a quick little uh, confession for you that I had forgotten until an old fr- friend reminded me. When we were in elementary school, then she introduced me to the Babysitter Club books. Oh, I and- love those. And we both wanted to be writers, so we'd both write our own, and we didn't even realize what we were doing till later. She's like, dude, we were writing Babysitter's Club fanfic. <laughs> like, that like, that just makes me feel so good about my life, knowing Listen, I did that. Listen, don't judge yourself for that. 
No, I love it. I think of that. I'm just like, that's insane. I love it too. I feel like we would have gotten along great in high I wish school. I could find one. <laughs> oh, I still have all mine. I'm never going to share them. Um, but yeah, this girl was like my best friend. Um, she, you know, knew me when I was going through all my shit in high school. Then I went to college and I got a boyfriend and she got a boyfriend <gasps> and like we stopped talking for a few years. And then when I was living in D.C. with the ex that I found Ruby with, Mm -hmm. Um, that I talked about on the pet episode. Go listen if you haven't already. (laughs) When I was living in D.C., I was really, like, not content where I was. And so, like, I hit her up again because I was like, you know, I feel like I don't have any friends. It would be nice to hear from her again. And we started up, like, no time had passed. Like, we started writing together again, messaging each other every day. And it it started turning into this thing that, like, I, I feel like I kind of used her for escape from my mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And I must have been a drain to be around. Like I was relapsing into my alcoholism and bulimia and and it kind of made her uncomfortable, I think, understandably. Yeah. Um and when I started the podcast, you know, she encouraged me initially and then I think as it grew and as I started getting worse with my mental health, it was mm-hmm. really a, a not, I want to say a buzzkill, but it was more than that. I think it was really affecting her in a toxic way. Mm -hmm. Um, She even made a few comments like about the podcast. Like, I feel like it's really negative. You're not doing well. And it's hard for me to hear about. Uh, And that hurt Mm because, you know, talking about mental health and what I'm going through is really important for me. And I was starting to feel like I had to like censor myself around her and all this stuff. Um, And eventually we just kind of stopped talking and drifted apart. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she removed me from her friends and it was really painful. And uh, and I still haven't reached out to talk to her to this day. And it's really hard for me to talk about because, like, I mean, she could or could not be listening. I don't, you know, there's no way of (laughs) knowing. Uh, But I miss her. But also, like, I think it was one of those situations where I was trying to force her to be something to me that she wasn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like there's a lot of stuff that I did that was not okay. Like I would get drunk and forget that I had scheduled a a call with her, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, she lives in another part of the world. So there's like a big time difference. Gotcha. So I regret that a lot. I regret the way I treated her. I regret how hard I pushed for our friendship. When you, when you've been friends with someone for that long, like over 12 years, like you're going to change. Yeah. People change. Oh, yeah. And that's normal. And not all relationships are meant to be in your life forever. But I still regret, like, losing that friendship. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if we'll start talking again in the future or whatever. I I hope she's happy. I really do. And I still, you know, read the stuff we wrote together a lot because it makes me think about the good times we had. But I've often wondered if I should reach out and be like, hey, hope you're doing well, like, I'm sorry. But also, what if that opens the door to more pain for both of us? Yeah. So, like, I I don't really know what to do about it. I don't have advice, but I did really appreciate Alyssa for mentioning that in her voicemail, Uh, because I know a lot of people have relationships like that. Yeah. I don't know. That that was my experience. I've definitely, from what you said, I know I've had friends where sometimes I feel like, like, I worry about it. Like, am, am I just trying to get what I need out of them. Like, yeah, like just like I'm using you for, I don't know, whatever I need at the moment. Not I feel just... that way with my cats. 
I feel that way with my with my dog too. <laughs> Are you ready to listen to the second part of Alyssa's voicemail? Yes. All right. Three, two, one, click. Oh no! no! Oh, you got the same yes! thing. <laughs> both of us know. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, we definitely have to leave that in, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think my biggest regret is that I didn't get to go to mortuary school. Um, everybody who knows me knows that I want to be a mortician. I still do. Uh, I did mortuary transport for some time, like right out of high school. Um, I think I was like 19. And... I loved it. I loved the culture, but I was making peanuts and I, I had to, I had to kind of go back to school and I was going to go back and I'm like, Hey, I'll see you guys in a couple years. I'll be right back and I'll be working, you know, in the, in the actual mortician department. And then I never went back because I never got my mortuary degree because the closest mortuary school in my location is a three hour drive one way. So it's six hours of hands on you know, I, I have to be there. There's no in online equivalent of it. It's a very hands-on thing. So I tried to get a close, like a close equivalent to it, but it just, it just one factor after another just kept hitting me. Um, I was getting really bad burnout from, from, from trying to do it the roundabout way, which is getting my nursing degree. And then everyone just kind of introduced me as a as a future nurse and I'm like no 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 like I don't want to be a nurse I worked in healthcare too I worked in a mental health facility I know for a fact I don't want to be a nurse I want to be a mortician this is just the way to do it and it was just a little soul crushing just not being able to go and uh, everyone's like well just become a nurse and I'm like well that's not what I want I think that's my biggest regret and and I'm still working on it I'm still working on trying to make my way over there uh, it's just taking me a long time. Um, and three degrees later, still not a mortician. <laughs> so if I had to go back, I would have told my mom to go fudge herself. <laughs> and then I would have went ahead and lived on campus um, and got a student loan like uh, the rest of my, you know, I didn't know any better. I, my mom purposely hid a lot of stuff from me. I was very sheltered um, in the worst ways, uh, ways that I should not have been sheltered from, but there was a lot of experiences I had that no other adult I've known has ever had. Um, so there was those, the, the things I was sheltered were to stunt me and keep me from leaving her. So my biggest regret, I guess, in this aspect would have been to not tell my mom to go F herself much sooner. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I eventually did it. And I am a better person for it, to be honest, because sometimes you just don't have a very good mom and you just need to tell her to F herself. <laughs> and I would have went and lived on campus, like I said, and I would have gotten the student loan and I would have been still paying it off. But, you know, it is what it is. You'll um, If I had to, you know, it may have been a thing where I may not have had to. I may have been able to live in the area and still done it. But now because I have such a, a like I'm established here, my career is here, my family is here, you know, the family I actually do love and, and care about and loves and cares about me. So it's really, it, it's even harder now to leave. But in the same aspect, I would probably have not met my husband had I left. 
So, you know, it's that silver lining that you have to kind of find. That's another thing is dealing with regret is sometimes you have to find that opening where you're like, huh, well, if that wouldn't have happened or I wouldn't have had this character development had I not done this and de dealt with this and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Another thing is that my husband is very supportive of me going back. Not everyone else is. Everyone else is, is, is not happy they all want me to become a teacher and I was never no. my intention to become a teacher and once again it's that whole this is our future nurse uh no it's the same thing when I got my history degree this is our future teacher I'm like no I don't have an interest in teaching anymore I'm done teaching I'm so tired of education I'm sick of education if I have to see the inside of a classroom for the rest of my life I will jump out of a window <laughs> sorry you know like it's just the way it is. So I, I just, um, I think it's it's the same sort of aspect where my, my husband's very supportive. We got a new car specifically so that I could start going back to school for mortuary. So I'm working on my bio, my uh, extra bios now. <laughs> Exciting. Go Alyssa. I'm so happy that yes. you have someone <laughs> in your life now to support you and you're making up for lost time. Also, it's not lost time. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, that was the point we made earlier, I think, that it feels like it, but it's really not. I, I really wanted to play that part because you were just talking about yeah. <laughs> being a teacher and not wanting to do that. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the point that she's driving home and that we were talking about earlier is that these things do lead to character development. And whether you like it or not, like, that's your past. Like, you can't change the past and you might as well try to find those silver linings and grow from them. With that said, it's easier said than done. Yeah, I feel like we're coming to the conclusion that there's nothing wrong with regret. It's just there's a healthy way to respond to it in a not healthy way. So how have you responded to it in the past in an unhealthy way? Particularly, I feel like I still struggle with the like the thing that I said in the beginning about like where my life is at, regretting that. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's I, it doesn't make me do anything. I just kind of sit there and I'm just like, poor me. And what did I do wrong? Why does no one like me? Why am I not successful? Yeah, I spend so much time just regretting things and feeling nostalgia for things and wistful about things. It's just, for some reason, it's a comfortable place for me to be, but that doesn't mean it's a healthy place for me to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I romanticize things and I also exactly. beat myself up about a lot of things. Yes. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite tattoos is um, like a vintage illustration of an eye with two tears coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And I got that when I was at the very tail end of my stay in D.C. I was still living with that ex, but we had broken up. My sister lived with us, like I mentioned before. And like I said, I was relapsing into alcoholism at the time. And I was dealing with all of my regrets by torturing myself, essentially. Like I would get blacked out every night mm -hmm. and just like make myself feel like shit because that's how I knew to deal with it. I, right. I felt like I deserved to be punished, but that was pushing away the people that would actually help me get through that. And so this tattoo, when I got it, it, it was at kind of when I realized the harm I had done. And so like the two tears coming out of the eyes, I always imagined symbolized like the two people I was living with at the time, like my ex mm. and my sister, because mm -hmm. I feel like I hurt them so much. Aww. I mean, some of the things I did to them, like we had a party and I got blacked out and I like pissed yeah. in the hallway <laughs> and my sister had to clean it up. 
Like that is some really dark, <laughs> disgusting yeah. shit that I think about a lot. And I can't take that back, you know? Right. <laughs> and, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been able to get sober from alcohol if it hadn't been for moments like that that made me look at myself and how much I was disappointing myself. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to revisit that kind of thing. But now, like six years later, I'm able to. Um, but it, it took a lot of work. Yeah. And, and that's where I feel like that's kind of more the healthy reaction to it is... Like you were saying, that is what pushed you at that time to say, I need to get sober. Well, it took years until I did. Yeah. But that was the beginning. Like that planted the seed. Mm-hmm. And that's like regrets in that way. I, I, I know I said like regrets are a waste of energy, but if regrets propel you toward change, then that's a good thing. Yeah. And I don't know if I necessarily even realized it till now, but I would see that they were probably very connected. Um, the, the boyfriend that I've been talking about, after we broke up, then I just kind of, you know, like floundered around and had no real drive or motivation towards anything. And then just kind of first what I did is I thought, maybe I will try to get into grad school. And I can say that I feel like unless you are going straight after your um, undergrad degree, I feel like it is very hard to get into a creative writing grad program because yeah. you have like... You, you have no, like, recommendations at your fingers or anything like that. You know, you haven't just been in classes that force you to, like, pound out your best writing. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty difficult. So I tried, and a couple of them, you know, didn't work, got some rejections. And in the meantime, um, I had a friend in Chicago, and I drove down there for the weekend. I interviewed with a uh, temp agency, and came this was a time where you know I was just needed to kind of get my life back together so I was living with my mom for a few months and came back and then the next week I got a call from them that was like oh you know this this company needs somebody to come into work can you be here at eight tomorrow morning oh I just started adding it up in my head I was like well it's two in the afternoon it takes me about five and a half hours to drive to Chicago um yeah oh so they were offering you a position in another city I was living in Michigan so they were saying yeah in Chicago like come here oh (laughs) did you do it I did so that's how you came to live in Chicago for a couple years yeah I just I threw some shit in my car and I came and I stayed for 11 years Oh my God, I really want to talk about, you brought it up in your story about your ex earlier when you were saying Mm -hmm. moving does not help you escape from your problems. Yeah, and that was what I'm seeing now is I'm like, he kept me down so much and saying, you know, like nothing you do is going to change anything. Don't go anywhere. Don't, you know, like think you can make new friends. Don't think that you can get a better job or something like that. Reinvent yourself. Yeah, and like once I got past all the stages we talked about before that's around when this happened and both coming to Chicago and leaving Chicago when it was no longer working for me and coming to St. Louis those were all just such fast decisions that I just said like I think this can be a good thing why don't I just do it like never second guessing and I feel like that's yeah something that I was ready to do after getting past that I mean the whole reason I moved to Seattle in 2018 was because I had moved to a few different cities for other people. And I was tired of it. At the same time, I did still think I could move away from my problems. So that's why I moved to Seattle on my own, because I was like, you know, might as well try. What's the worst that can happen? You know, (laughs) what is the worst that could happen? (laughs) 
well i'm thousands in medical debt and uh came very close to suicide a few times over the years but you know what i i am stronger now and i don't regret anything because if i hadn't moved to seattle i wouldn't have discovered a lot of very dark things about myself that i needed to deal with and now like i i no longer view the physical location that i'm in as the solution to my wants and needs like It's more about the people and my relationship with the people I'm with and like my relationship with myself. And I know that if I'm going to grow, I need to focus on those things and not so much about where I'm living. Mm -hmm. I have a very quick passage from another journal entry that I want to read to kind of close us out. Uh, I wrote this when I was in treatment in March of last year. So I wrote... I know that I need to go easy on myself, that accepting where and when it went wrong is not the same thing as regretting it. But I do it anyway because I never learn. Ever the masochist, I berate and berate myself until there's nobody left to feel relief when I decide to change my mind about myself. I'm the judge and the accused. (laughs) If there's one thing I regret is that I have berated myself so much over the years and Ultimately, that is not only unproductive, but it's very toxic. Yeah. And it's just going to lead to more regret. So just trying to be gentle on myself is the one thing I'm trying to focus on these days. And it's, it's going pretty well, I got to say. Good. But yeah, I do feel like regret is something that you can get past, but you really need to let yourself accept it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think going back to, you know, the first part of Alyssa's voicemail that about the grieving process of it, I think a lot of people don't realize that that is part of it and skip over it. Yeah, I'll just I'll just get over this. Yeah. So like in a nutshell, if you're going to get past regret, you have to face it head on. And that's Mm -hmm. not doable by everyone. Like not everyone can do that in their current mental state. It might take a lot of self-reflection that you're not necessarily ready to to have right and on the other hand just like berating yourself being like just get over it it's not worth it that's not a way to get over it (sighs) heavy conversation yeah we knew it would be yeah we, we have a lot of stuff we regret but ultimately you don't have to I do have a quote I want to end the episode with. Do you watch Nathan For You? I watched an episode because a friend loved it. Okay. So uh, Nathan For You is a a show. um, This guy, Nathan Fielder, he goes to small businesses or individuals and he basically helps them grow their endeavors. But the way he does it is like kind of unorthodox. Uh, it's a really entertaining show. Lots of great awkward moments. But the finale of the show, the season four finale, he finds this old man and he basically helps him reconnect with his long lost love of 50 years ago. Like the whole episode is him trying to help this old man find his long lost love and they end up tackling a lot of regrets that the old man has over the years. Spoiler alert, he does find the woman, but you know, she's moved on. She's married and all this stuff. And they don't get back together, but you you see that he's able to find meaning in the journey. Like the the process of finding her and like going through the past ends up being really cathartic. And he is able to at the end, you know, ask someone else on a date. It's, it's really cute. Aww. And then the final voiceover at the end, 
is so beautiful and it has so much to do with what we're talking about today that I wanted to read it. The quote is, it's easy to look at someone else's life as a cautionary tale. After all, no one wants to be old and filled with regret. But if you look closer and see that life is filled with moments of sincere joy, however fleeting, it's hard to say if it was a really bad life after all. I really like that quote because everybody has regrets. Like, Mm-hmm. No one reaches the end of their life and they're like, you I know, did everything perfect. I did everything perfectly. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my trophy? Right. But no, like you really do have to focus on those moments that make life memorable. And it's like it's not really a bad life at the end if you if you look at it that way. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What did, what did you want to close out with? Um, so I don't know what to do with it. Like if it's something that we could play after the episode or something like that. But in the very beginning, I think your first journal entry that you read reminded me of um, the first summer that I went to Interlochen for piano performance. One of the, like, the very first things or the, the very first kind of, like, get to know you meeting or whatever, we had all of the piano faculty there. And at the very end, then one of them played something. And I will just tell people it is Brahms Intermezzo Opus 18, number two. That's, that's what I was like frantically looking up. I was like, I got to find out which one it is exactly. <laughs> we can but, play um, at, the, at the end. I've played music at the end before. Anyway. Good. I thought it would be cool because what I remembered is sitting there and listening to this faculty member play it. And just all of a sudden, uh, it probably was one of the first times in my life with music where I just felt like, literally transported i remember just suddenly not even sitting in that room anymore it was like i mean i don't want it to sound cliche or corny but the beaches on like great lakes are kind of my happy place anyways so yeah i was on a beach it was and it was kind of like empty and there was like a cool breeze blowing but it was comfortable it was a cinematic moment yeah it was you know it was like the end of the day when it's getting dusk and I just remember the the feeling that was washing over me that's what it was is it was kind of like looking out at the waves crashing and feeling kind of lonely and kind of regretful but also like oddly happy that's a (laughs) nostalgic feeling exactly that's why I thought when you were talking about all those things I was like yes I feel like I went through every single one listening to that song Well, I guess we're going to have to play it now as we close out this episode. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, Again, thank you, Alyssa, for sending in the voicemail. Thank you to everyone who is engaging with the pickle polls. Real quick, Evan from Bong Loads and BS, which is a podcast I have been on, uh, commented on our Instagram with a quote that I think is perfect Uh to close it out with. He said, another me has lived the outcome I am pining over, and he's just as unhappy. Uh, And you could take that as a negative thing, like, oh, no matter what you do, you're just going to be unhappy. But the way I took it is you have the capacity to be unhappy no matter how, quote unquote, good your life is going, you know? And so appreciate what you have. Try to learn from your mistakes. Be gentle on yourself. And there's always going to be stuff to regret. And that's not discounting that truly terrible things do happen. Like people do make mistakes, But at the end of the day, the life you lived is the life you lived. And you got to make it work for you. It's kind of like, I I see it, yeah, the same as it's kind of like you you can regret something you did, but don't feel like because you did this one thing, you have barred yourself from potential happiness. Exactly. I love that. 
Okay, so um, before we play that song that Lauren mentioned earlier to close out the episode, uh, it's time for my new favorite segment, which is... <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> the Pickle Palette Cleanser. <laughs> which, thank you, Lauren. I don't have a sound yes. effect for. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, this has been a really heavy episode and we want to fill the last 10 minutes or so with something fun. Yep. So I found another BuzzFeed quiz. Oh, Real quick, by the way, I want to say, you know the pickle quiz we took last week? What pickle are you? Mm-hmm. And you got dill pickle. The best. I have to say I'm a very disappointed because I took it later and I also got dill pickle. And then my sister took it using completely different answers. She also got mm-hmm. dill pickle. And then just oh. for the fun of it, I like f- filled out the most random answers <laughs> uh-huh. and I got dill pickle again. Well, it's disappointing, but that's also my theory that they made it all dill pickle because who would want to be something else? Exactly. It's true. Okay, so today's pickle, uh, not pickle pull. Today's pickle palate cleanser is another BuzzFeed quiz, and it is make a terrible sandwich and we'll guess how much of a mess your life is. Yay! And the caption is tastes like regret. So this quiz is by uh, Angelo Spagnolo. Uh, not Angry Lauren. Nope. Like last one. Angry Lauren was apparently angry that there are other pickles in the world. <laughs> I mean, same, honestly. I can't blame right? her. Exactly. Let me know when you have it up and we'll start filling it out together. Okay. So once again, this quiz is called Make a Terrible Sandwich and we'll guess how much of a mess your life is. Got it. I'm seeing pick some bread, why don't ya? Yeah, pick, a, <laughs> pick some bread, why don't ya? Okay, so the options are A, raisin bread. B, raisin bagel, C, banana bread, and D, toaster waffles. I mean, the most terrible thing on here is a raisin bagel, but I mean, I want to start out good with banana bread. Yeah, why so many raisin options? What do they have against <laughs> raisins? Um, I'm going to pick toaster waffles. Okay. Um, okay, second question. Pick your condiment. You can't have a dry Sammy. And the options are A, mustard, B, mayonnaise, C, ranch dressing, and D, barbecue sauce. Ranch dressing is the worst of all dressings. Um, I'll pick barbecue sauce. I like ranch, but only if it's like done well. Um, since this is a sad sandwich, I'm going to pick mayonnaise. Okay. All right. Pick a topping. Oh God. These are terrible. (laughs) A fish sticks. B grilled portobello mushrooms stuffed with feta cheese. Uh, C spam and D cotton candy. Who puts cotton candy on a sandwich? Me. That's what I'm picking. (laughs) Oh Lord. I'm going to do the mushrooms. I was deciding between cotton candy and spam. If I'm picking a terrible, sad sandwich, I can't be having that bougie shit. (laughs) Yeah, very accurate. Uh, Pick another topping. A, canned herring. Herring? Herring. Herring. B, onion slices. Oh, C, pickles. And then D, kale. I'm going to pick pickles. Come on. Of course. Not to mention, I'm physically sick just looking at the onion slices. Oh, (laughs) raw onions? No, thank you. Uh, Do you want more? A, foie gras, B, an oyster, C, lemon slices, and D, spaghetti noodles. I hate all of these. I only recently learned how easy it is, I guess, to poison yourself with cooking oysters. And that's one of my greatest fears, so I'm not going to have that. I've never had an oyster, and I don't intend to start. I'm going to pick spaghetti noodles, because fuck it. Oh, that was me too. I just saw them, like, drooping out of the sandwich. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, How do you want your sandwich cut? A, halved triangles. B, halved rectangles. C, quarters. Either triangles or rectangles. I don't care. 
D, I like them uncut. Have triangles. Have triangles. If you do rectangles, you are a sadist. You're just a sad person. I'm sorry. Ooh, pick a beverage to wash it down. A, Mountain Dew spiked lemonade. B, Mountain Dew code red. What? These are all Mountain Dew. C, Mountain Dew kickstart. And D, Mountain Dew original. Um, I don't drink any of these. Uh, no, but I feel like this was such a 90, like late 90s, early 2000s. Like this is my time. Everyone's like, code red. So I'm going to pick that. <laughs> um, I'm Even though I'm sober, I'm going to pick the spiked lemonade. Because that just, it, it fits. It, it kind of sounds like the best <laughs> one, actually. <laughs> I think this is the last question. Would you eat your sandwich for $100? Uh, let's review what we have on it, first of all. Oh my goodness. So I have... A sandwich made out of waffles with mayonnaise, grilled portobello mushrooms stuffed with feta cheese, pickles, and spaghetti noodles. Okay, I have um, some banana bread with some barbecue sauce slathered on it, some (laughs) cotton candy. Oh no! A nice smattering of pickles and some (laughs) spaghetti noodles. We have triangles. All right. So would you eat your sandwich for $100? The the, uh, answers are A, yes. B, let me check my bank account. C, I want to say no, but secretly yes. And D, a resounding no. Okay. I am, for the first time in my life, financially secure. So I don't think $100 would be enough. (laughs) Really? But on the other hand, reading it over, I was like, it's mostly sweet things or just kind of like, bland things so i think it would just have a sweet taste even though it'd be gross so i'll say let me check my bank account because if i was hurting for a hundred dollars i think i would i'm gonna say i want to say no but secretly yes okay (laughs) all right let's find out how much of a mess our lives are in i hope you don't get the same because i like mine what did you get your life is a complete mess but you're surprisingly (laughs) chill about it (laughs) read the description Shit has gotten so out of hand, you can't even keep track of which responsibility is stressing you the most. So you're just kind of ignoring it all. <laughs> yup. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, my life, on the other hand, is just teetering on the edge. Oh. <laughs> uh, so my life is basically a late stage game of Jenga where the pieces are your responsibilities and the tiniest mistake could knock the whole thing over. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say it's inaccurate. No. <laughs> well, that's pickles and vodka, everybody. <laughs> that's your mess of co-hosts. <laughs> we are very messy co-hosts. We have a lot of regrets, but we're trying not to regret so much of it. But you probably shouldn't let us make a sandwich for you. No, no. Don't let <laughs> us make a sandwich for you. Um, all right. Don't forget to follow us on social media, everybody. Um, Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast. You can hear all the latest news and see the pictures we post and comment on the pickle polls. Yeah, all over comments because I like to read them. Yes. Uh, Lauren, do you have another rambling promotion? Um, I've already told you all the important stuff. I haven't seen any reviews. I think we said those were the most. No, subscribing is most important. Subscribing is most important, and we have gotten subscribers. Sweet. So I'll... good job, everybody. Good job. Yay. <laughs> we love you. But yeah, give us reviews. We'll read it on the podcast. It'll be a lot of fun. It could be a review from your cat for all we care. Pika would love to hear a review from your cat. Yeah, review our pets. If you don't want to <laughs> yes. review the podcast, review our pets. Shout out to the pets. If Shout out to us. the pets. 
Um, all right. So like we said, we're going to be releasing a bonus episode halfway through this week where Lauren talks about all the shit she's dealing with. So mm-hmm. catch that on, I don't know when we'll post it, probably like Wednesday or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll surprise you. We'll surprise you. But yeah, in the meantime, we love you all and we hope you have a great week. Yay. Bye till next time. Bye. Thank you.